0: I began a few weeks ago talking to you on the subject of maximized Christianity, and so we're going to continue that today. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Psalm, the 16th chapter, and as you're turning there, let me say hello to our campuses that are joining with us today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor, and it doesn't matter where you're at today, we believe that you've already encountered the presence of God, that great things have already taken place, and that as we gather together to go in the Word of God, that God's going to speak to you right where you're at and begin to bring forth change in your life today. So I'm going to continue today on this subject of maximized Christianity. We talked in the first week about how that Jesus Christ has made us heirs and joint heirs with God Almighty. How that you and I have the ability because that we are born into the kingdom of God. We've been given freedom through Jesus Christ that we are able to live what John 10 10 calls this life and it more what abundantly right. So we're able to have this abundant life. And then last week we talked about how that you activate your inheritance, how that we've been given this great inheritance by God, but how do we activate that? we talked about the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how that it activates or how it moves us into this place where we are now operating at the full extent that God has for us day in and day out within our lives. Now today I want to talk about when God gives, all right? How many of you have ever in your life, maybe there was something that you really wanted and and somebody gave it to you for your birthday or for Christmas or something, you finally got it. How many of you have ever had that experience in your life, right? I mean, we all have. We've had this something. But you know what I've found is that so often that thing that we wanted so much, when you finally get it, it's really not what you thought it was going to be, is it? It's kind of like Oh man, you know, I can remember as a kid I'd want something all year long for Christmas and I'd get it within two, two days or two weeks, it was broke. It, it wouldn't work anymore. Now, I'm one of those guys who always wanted to know how things worked. So I'd take it apart and then I couldn't get it back together. There'd always be two or three pieces left that I always, come. my theology is, is that you don't have to have all the pieces to make it work. <laughs> but I found out you usually do, all right? But here's what I found out about God. When God gives, it's always more than we can expect. It's always greater than what we can believe for. And so today, I'm going to show you what God gives us and then how that we operate in that day in and day out. The book of Psalm, the 16th chapter, we're going to begin in the 5th verse and just kind of work our way through several passages there today as we look at what God gives into our life. Now, the book of Psalm, the 16th chapter in the 5th verse, would you look at that, uh, whether that's in your Bible or your iPad or look on the screen, and here's what the Bible says. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Now, I don't know about you, but I live in a world of insecurity. Maybe your world isn't, but, but I find that, that there are a lot of things that, that are kind of shifting, and yet this scripture says that God makes my lot, or He makes my life secure. But, but before that, He said this, Lord, you alone are my portion. Now, here's the first thing that God gives. Your inheritance is God Himself. Let me say that again. Your inheritance is not heaven. Your inheritance is not the sweet by and by. Your inheritance is not one day, hallelujah, I'm going home to be with Jesus. Your inheritance is God Himself. Jesus Christ came to this earth so that you and I could inherit everything that the kingdom of God has, and it'll, it is all wrapped up in God. Now, when you begin to look at that whole aspect there where it talks about, Lord, you alone are my portion, my cup, and you make my lot secure, that word security there is kind of interesting in the Hebrew. He, here's what it's saying. It, it, in the Hebrew, it means to prop one up. Have you ever needed to be propped up? Have you ever gone through something, you ever gone through a situation that you needed somebody to prop you up? That's what the Bible is saying here, is that God is going to prop you up, and and He is going to sustain you. In fact, what it indicates is, is that you're not going to fail, you're not going to fall, you're not going to be destroyed, because God is your source, He is your help, and He is your strength. And, and so what we have to understand is this, is that in our lives, living day in and day out, we've got to come to that place where we understand that Satan, I don't miss this, Satan cannot by force, hear me, he cannot by force deprive a saint of their inheritance. No, i got to say that again. Listen to what I'm saying. The Word of God lets us know, but the Bible says no weapon that's formed against you is going to what? Prosper. You've got to understand that Satan cannot take from you by force what God has told you is yours. In fact, the only way that Satan can destroy your life is by fraud. Fraud by deception the bible says this about the devil it says that he goes about throughout the world trying to deceive why because that's the only weapon he's got against the believer you say well pastor don't you know the devil has power he does in fact the scripture says that satan is the god of this world for all of you that keep asking the questions why do bad things happen to good people that's your answer Satan is the God of this world. Now, we understand that God Almighty ultimately will one day repossess the planet, but, but God gave this planet to man. He said, it's yours, you rule it, you have dominion. Man gave it to Satan. And it has not been bought back yet. There's coming a day, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. We're not going to that in right now. But what we have to understand is that the only thing that the devil has against a believer, because here's what the Bible says. The scripture says that no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper. In other words, it doesn't mean you're not going to be in a fight. It does not mean you're not going to go through some things. It does not mean that you are not going to encounter some rough waters. But I want to help you today. You may be in the darkness. You may be in the tough time. You may be going through some things. But I want to tell you, weeping may endure for the night, but there's some joy that's coming in the morning. When you understand that, you grasp a hold of who God is and you say, wait a minute, I am believing in God Almighty and I know that He is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. I've committed my life, I've committed my family, I've committed my future to God and I know that He is going to be able to take care of me. So the first thing that God gives is He gives Himself. He's our inheritance. I am glad to know today that the first gift I got when I came into relationship with God Almighty was I got God. And He's taken care of my life from that point on. The second thing, look in verse 6. Now now this scripture will will explain it. It says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now the, the second thing God gives is God gives good things. Well, I, Pastor, you've got to understand, I'm, I, I think that the Lord's teaching me to love him more by bad things. Really? Let me give you a scripture that'll help you. John 10, 10, the thief comes but for to kill, to steal, to destroy. But I am come, Jesus said, so that you can have life and it, life more abundantly what he is saying to us is this is that we have to come to that place of understanding that the enemy is trying to destroy but God has said I'm letting the boundary lines in other words how, how many of you remember a few years ago we kind of all got excited about the prayer of Jabez we, we, we started talking about our you know our boundaries expanding and, our, and, and God blessing us in the midst of everything well that's what this is about is that the scripture there is saying that the boundary lines when, when they went to mark off the plot of land that you had it was bigger than you thought the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places in other words God is always doing something more than you expected him in fact that that terminology there pleasant places is in reference to prosperity now I I know that some Christians have trouble with prosperity and, 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 and I understand that prosperity can, can become a catch-all and whatever, but the Word of God says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. Now, I want to help you today. Prosperity is not just about money. Prosperity is about everything in your life. God says to us, I have allowed the boundary lines of your life to fall into a place where prosperity has come into your life. And so I can know today, you know what? Here's what I know about God. God wants to do good for his kids. God wants to do great things on my behalf. And so when I understand that, number one, God gives me himself. Number two, God gives me good things into my life. I could just go home after that. But there's more. Verse 7, look at it. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. The third thing that God gives is God gives counsel. Now, this is in that aspect of living what I remember, this maximized Christianity, of living into the fullness of everything that God has. Listen, I want to tell you, a lot of people believe God for great things for sinners. They say, you know, if you'll come to Jesus, Jesus will turn your life around. If you'll come to the Lord, He'll help you with your addictions. If If you'll come to the Lord, He'll work on your family. And you know what? Every one of those things are true. I believe that. But I also believe that there are a lot of Christians who are saying, well, you know, one of these days, I know Jesus loves me, and that's enough. One of these days, I'm going to be with Him. No, the the Bible says that God gives us good gifts, and then thirdly, it says He gives us counsel, all right? Now, what does that mean? How, How do I receive counsel from God? Well, first of all, is I receive it through the Bible, the Word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so when I read the Word of God, I am given insight. Maybe I'm in that place that I'm going through a fearful time, and all of a sudden I begin to read the Scripture where it says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so all of a sudden I begin to meditate on that. I'm just say, like, wait a minute, this is what God is giving me through His Word. And so as I read the Word of God, I'm given counsel, I'm given direction, God speaks to me. The, the second way, though, and I think the way that a lot of Christians miss that God is giving counsel is, is he gives counsel through the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus said, uh, uh, he said, I've got to go away. He said, it's not good that I stay with you. He said, I'm going to send another one, a comforter, just like me. He said, he's coming. And, he, and here's what he said about that counselor. He said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now I want to tell you something. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking. Our problem is, is that we're tuned in to the wrong station. All right? Let me help you. How many of you now, now some of you, this is gonna so bypass you because you're so much younger than I am, but there are some of you who are as old as I am, you're gonna remember this. How many of you remember who live in this area around here? How many of you remember back in the day when you used to get only three channels on television? You remember that? And, and you could get ABC really clear, right? But if you wanted to get the other channels out of Memphis, you had to send somebody outside. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. And, and they'd grab a hold of the, of the antenna, the pole out there, and you'd say, Turn it to the right. <laughs> Come on, you remember that? You say, It's better, it's better, it's better. Are you going too far? Turn it. You remember those days? Some of you need to turn your antenna. Because God's speaking. God's talking. He's giving us counsel. He's giving us insight. He's talking to us, but we're missing it because we're not tuned in to the right station. Our problem is, is that we have learned so well to listen to the enemy that we have not learned how to listen to the voice of God. But when I listen to the voice of God, he gives me counsel. But then that scripture said something that caught my attention that I began to do a little research on. The scripture says, even at night, my heart instructs me. And as I began to look at that, and I, I got some commentaries and some people who are scholars much greater than I am. And, and, and as I read what they said, here's what they are saying. They said, in the nighttime hours, God gives us dreams and visions. Now, I know know a lot of people say, I don't believe in dreams. Well, then we don't need to believe in the Bible because the Bible is filled with dreams and visions where God speaks to people in those nighttime hours where he shows up in their life and he talks to them and and all of a sudden they get up and their life is different and they live on a different trajectory. I want to tell you, I believe with all of my heart. Now, let me say this. I don't believe every dream is from God. I believe some dreams are from the pizza or the Mexican food you had the night before all right? But I do believe that there are those moments in our life where God speaks to us through a dream, through a vision, and we awaken. And, and what, what's interesting about that is a lot of times those will be repeated. It'll be a continual repetition that God is speaking to us because He is trying to enable us to move into His blessings. And so God... We, we, we understand the Bible, and, and every, every church in America uh, and around the world that's a biblical church will say, oh, you ought to read the Bible. But not only should I read the Bible, I should also listen to the Holy Spirit, and I should also, I'm going I'm to go out on a limb, I should also be sensitive to dreams and visions because in those moments, God can speak to me and he can give me his counsel. So the third thing is God gives Counsel. there's a fourth thing though in fact there's five today that I want to show you would you look in verse eight and verse nine <clears throat> as we continue today he said I keep my eyes always on the Lord now that's that's an injunction you need to get today with him in my right hand I will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my body also will rest secure some of you need that part right there all right and, and so the, the, the Word of God here is, is giving us this. So the, the fourth thing that God gives us is God gives us His presence, all right? God gives us His presence. The presence of the Lord is released to us. God says, He told the disciples, Jesus when He was here on earth, He said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, but I will go with you till the end of the age. When do we have that? When do we have that assurance that God is there? Read what the scripture said. When I set my affections on Him, then I know He is there. See, it's not just about, well, I got saved one day, hallelujah. (laughs) Seeing if you're still awake. No, it's about, the Bible says, set your affections on things above Not on the things of this earth. Why? Because when I set my affections on things above, I begin to zero in on what God is doing. And I begin to understand the plans that the Lord has for me, plans to prosper me, plans for success, plans for a future, but I don't see those when I'm looking at the earth. You you know, so many of us get into this place where we are so often tied up in the situation that's around us. We, we look at all the problems, we look at all the difficulties, we watch CNN and Fox News and ABC, and, and all of a sudden, well, our whole world feels like it's caving in. I, I want to challenge some of you, why don't you go on a news fast? There, there are some of us who, who need to go, I've done it, So there are some of us who you don't need to watch any prognosticator about anything. All it does is you get all shook up anyway. You listen and there's a bad thing happening here. You you do understand with news organizations, if it bleeds, it leads. In other words, they're not going to tell you the good things that are happening in the world. They're only going to tell you the negative things that are happening in the world. You say, well, Pastor, if I don't know what's going on in the world, you know, I'll just be uninformed. Yeah, how's that information helping you? Now, I'm not, I'm not you know, pleading for ignorance. There's plenty of that around already. But what I'm saying is, is that, that we've got to come to that place where we understand that I can't be swayed by what's happening down here. I've got to turn my affection and my attention. And that's where the Word of God says that when I do that, that, that is the moment that God's presence comes in. And I know that God is there. In other words, it's that place that I dwell in no fear. I had a situation a few weeks back now maybe a month a couple of months back now I can't remember uh, but anyway I walked into a business place a, a place here in town and and as soon as I walked in the owner of the place said uh, I, I've been waiting for you to come in I thought okay what what is it you need to sell me you know what is it that I need today and 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 so I he said he said I got to talk to you and I said okay doesn't come to this church and doesn't doesn't have the the same understanding of, uh, of, of some things that maybe I would have and he he, he said sit down here I want to tell you something so he, he started talking to me he said, he said, recently, he said, I went to the doctor, and he said, the doctor called me, and he said, we found some things, and he said, we think you have cancer, and he said, I'm really concerned, and I want to do some tests, and so he's set himself up for all these tests and all the things, and so he was, before he went to the test, he said he was getting up one morning, he said, I was in my bathroom getting ready to go to work, and he said, I don't know how to say this to you. He said i haven't told anybody this because i don't he said i'm afraid of what people will think i said okay tell me he said as i was standing there he said this bright light filled my bathroom and he looked at me kind of like you're looking at me right now <laughs> like are you going to run out of here and i just sat there and looked at him and he said it, it, he said it was just in a moment but he said with this bright light fill the room and he said then he said i didn't he said it wasn't like an audible voice but he said, I heard, don't worry. And he said, it was gone. He said, but at that moment, he said, I knew something had happened in my life. And he said, so I went through the test, and everybody around me was all upset, and they were all worried. But he said, he said I'll tell you, from that moment on, I didn't worry. He said, the doctor told me it'd be a few weeks where they would know. And he said, he said, they called me like three days later saying, we don't know what to tell you, but there is nothing wrong with you. Now, here's what I think was so wonderful about that story is it didn't match his theological persuasion, but God was so interested. In him knowing that he was there in the midst of a fearful situation that God transcended even a theological persuasion to say, I want you to understand, don't worry, my presence is with you. See, I want to tell you, God wants you to know he's with you. He said, my presence is, I'll give you my presence. The fifth and final thing today is found in the 11th verse of that same chapter. He says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The fifth thing is, God says, I'm going to give you joy and pleasure. I, I think some of us need some joy. Some of us need some pleasure. Some of us need to understand that it's okay to have a good time. I'm a Christian. You ought to have the best time. I I found out years ago that the reason that sinners like to hang out with Jesus when he was on earth because he knew how to have a good time. I wonder what would happen to Christians if we learned how to have a good time. We might attract more sinners. It's just a thought. I don't know. See, the, the, the Word of God says there's that, that He's going to give you joy and pleasure. And, and in that, that moment, He says, this, He says there are eternal pleasures at your right hand. And, and I got to think about that. There's, there's nothing insignificant in the Word of God. Why did it say at your right hand? Well, when you begin to study Scripture, you find out that the right hand is, a, is significant for power. But also, the Word of God says that Jesus arose upon high and He went upon high and He sat down at the right hand of the father waiting until his enemies be made his footstool so what the scripture is saying there the psalmist years before the crucifixion ever took place years before the understanding of what was going to happen pictures this and says there are eternal pleasures At the right hand of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ has already paid the price for you and I to enter in to that eternal perspective with God Almighty. You need, if you are a believer today, you need to live life with abundance, with excitement, and know that God has good things in store, not just for the future, but right now if we would only access what God has for us. He said they are eternal pleasures. I, 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 wanna, I want you to get that. Eternal pleasures. The pleasures of this world pass away. People are going to get drunk this weekend and they're going to wake up with a hangover. It's going to be past. People are going to get high on something, but it's going to pass. People are going to have some kind of relationship that they shouldn't be having, but it's going to pass. But the Word of God says that His pleasures... Are eternal they're going to last forever and ever now those are the things that God says that he wants to give us how do I go about receiving that in the next five minutes I want to share that with you three things real quickly that I think that we need to do so that we can receive these gifts that God says are ours so that we can live this maximized life Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I access, how do I receive the benefits that I've talked about? Number one is I have to have a transformed lifestyle. Now now listen to me, You, you can't continue to listen to the same thing, you can't be radically given to everything that's in the world and expect to have the blessings of God. Now, look, I'm not an old fogey that thinks that the only kind of music you ought to listen to is Christian music, but some of you need to at least listen to some Christian music. I mean, you know, every fourth song, throw one in. You know, Jay-Z will only get you so far, all right? And I'm afraid it's in the wrong direction. Oh, I just bound some spirits in the house, all right? All right. All right? I, I don't think, you know, the only, only movies you ought to watch are movies that are Christian. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying to us, if we're going to have this life, we, we've got to learn to live a transformed lifestyle. Set your affections. I said it a while ago. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. The second thing that we've got to do is found in Colossians 1, uh, verse 12 and 13, it says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light." goes on to say, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. The the second thing that I've got to do is I've got to learn to be an overcomer. Now, hear what I said. I've got to learn to be overcomer an overcomer. Now I know positionally when you get saved you are an overcomer. But I also know that we have lived a life of defeat for so long that we have to learn how to be overcomers. And the Word of God there in the book of Colossians says He has rescued us from the dominion of of darkness and He has brought us into the kingdom of of the Son He loves, but now it's up to us to live that overcoming life. Every person listening to me today, whether you're here or watching me, every one of us have at some moment given in to some sin and then ran as soon as the sin was over, as soon as the thing was done, then we run and ask forgiveness. We've all done it, so don't look holy. (laughs) Don't act like you don't understand what I'm talking about because we do. All of us have done it. But God is telling us, look, my grace is sufficient but then the Apostle Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, God forbid, how are we that are dead to sin, how do we continue in sin? So that's learning. That's, that's not a one-time thing. That's, listen, um, I, I've been living for God for a long time. I've been pastoring for well over 30 years. And, and there are certain things that I am still having to overcome. Don't ask me. It's none of your business. I won't ask you, you don't ask me, all right? But, but there are aspects there. And so what we have to do is, is that we have to learn how to be an overcomer. And then the last one is found in 1 Peter 3, 9. Peter says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. The third thing that we've got to do is we've got to maintain a right attitude. If we want to participate in the blessings of God, our attitude has to be right. Now, what do I mean about that? I mean we have to learn not to give evil for evil. But how many times have we heard this? If you only knew what they had done to me. Well, pastor, if they'll ask for my forgiveness, I'll give it to them. Would you read the Bible? No, let me help you. Would you read the Bible? If you would read the Bible, there's no place in Scripture where it says, wait until they ask. Are we ready? We got a little nervous right now, didn't we? The the Word of God shows us that if we want to live in liberty, we have to release people. Listen, every one of us could sing a somebody done, somebody wrong song. We've all been there. We all understand it. But we've got to come to that place where what Scripture says, if I want to inherit a blessing, do you see that? He said, I want, if you want to inherit a blessing, you've got to release a blessing. So that means when somebody does me wrong, I have to release them. I have to forgive them. And not only that, I have to bless them. And as I bless them, then I can expect to receive a blessing. God, I choose today to walk in forgiveness. I choose today not to hold things. Some of us, and I got to close, but some of us are still holding things against people who have died. Come on, people. It's time we got over it. It's time we really, well, you don't, again, I understand. They did this. They, I, I, I got gotcha. you. But we've got to have a different attitude. I wonder what would happen if Christians would develop the attitude of forgiveness on a daily basis, that we would get up and say, today, I choose to forgive. Amen. Now, I promise you, they will, you will be tested. Today, I choose to forgive. Today, I choose to live a life of joy. Today, I choose to live a life of happiness. Today, I release those who have sinned against me. And God, I receive your blessings into my life. You know what would happen? Here's what would happen. People would see what God was doing in your life. And the Bible says they will come to you and they will ask you of the hope that lies within you. If we genuinely want to make a difference in our friends and our families and our co-workers' lives, if we would develop the right attitude, the right attitude would enable us to live in a place in the kingdom of God that we would be so blessed that people would see what God is doing. In the good times as well as the bad times, they would see what God is doing and they would be drawn to Jesus Christ. And that's what it's about. More than me having things It's about other people being brought into the kingdom of God and sharing in his kingdom with us together. And that's what God's called us to do.